How cold was it taking that river plunge? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh man. Uh, extremely cold. Extremely cold. We we were we were actually at some hot springs in uh, Buena Vista, Colorado. We were in the hot springs, hanging out, relaxing, uh, played a show the night before, and we had a day off. So we decided to stick around and um, just hanging out in the hot springs, and, and uh, it, it came to our attention that there was. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. The final weeks of 2022 are upon us as we're in, in the midst of the holiday season. Hope you had a great weekend, great week, great day, and maybe some good drinks as well. we got a great one for you this week. Our conversation is with half of the Jam Americana Band, the Runaway Grooms. They're doing some pretty cool things. You get to hear all about that. And for tasting notes, we go into the world of Mexican spirits and one that you probably don't know a whole lot about, and that is Sotol, as we talk with the founder of Cardenche Sotol. And he explains everything about this very historic uh, and uh, almost forgotten Mexican spirit. It's a really cool one. And if you want to see the full interview we did with him and the extra tasting notes, you can go to our YouTube and Facebook pages to see that. But let's not waste any more time and get to the show. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us here for an extra tasting notes, he's one of the founders of Cardinche. So tall, did I say that right? You did was say it right, close? indeed. Very <laughs> right. <laughs> and when push comes to serve, I guess when the camera's on, I can do, do well. Please welcome in Luigi Am- Ambrosi. Hey, guys. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jonathan. Well, well, I'm glad you could join us, Luigi. And, you know, for those that if you're catching this on the the Main Bar Conversations podcast, you're probably getting the shorter version. But if you want to see the full interview here, uh, just uh, go to our Facebook, YouTube page to check out the video. Info is in the the podcast description because we're talking about something pretty cool with Cardenche. I feel like I had to get the facial expressions or otherwise this was never going to work on me pronouncing it. It's a whole experience. Pronouncing uh, the, the the brand is a whole experience in and of itself. Even before and I, and I, I love it. I love it. I've got a smile all, already, and and we'll be talking about a, a different Mexican spirit called uh, Sotol. Is, did I say that right? Sotol. Yes. You kind of touched on it a, a little bit, where it comes from the a very specific kind of region, um, or at least that's where it's kind of you know found its home is in northern Mexico, but. It can basically be produced anywhere in Mexico, right? Just a lot, with the right pl- plants and ingredients, it, it, or what? It, how does what is kind of the base for it? Because everyone knows agave for tequila, but for sotol, it's it's different. Yes, it is. So tequila mezcal is made from agave. There's different types of agave, of course. We know that sotol is actually the name of the plant, and it's an endemic. It's not actually an agave plant. It's uh, it's like a little palmilla. Imagine a yucca palm without a trunk. So like a little palmilla. That's also another way in which people call it palmilla. They call it desert spoon. But really, uh, the scientific name is Dacilirion. Um, but uh, the Sotol, as it's commonly known, is a plant endemic to the northern regions of Mexico. Uh, Chihuahua, Durango, Coahuila, spilling into the Texan because southern Texas is the Chihu- part of the Chihuahua Desert. So there's Sotol plants there as well. Uh, but actually, there is a Consejo Regulador that sort of like dictates the practices and delineates the region into which you produce, uh, you can in theory produce uh, Sotol and call it Sotol, just like it is for tequila in the tequila region. And that, you know, the region for that is uh, Durango, Chihuahua and Coahuila. And now, while you may find here and there scattered little uh, uh, patches of sotol plants around Mexico, not very frequent, frequent, I will say, if you do find, typically the, the taste profile is completely different from what sotol might taste like. Uh, and, so, and it's not even called uh, that. You know, sotol has a very unique uh, sweetness and uh, uh, grassy herbality to it. And that comes from, 
the, 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 the extreme temperature changes that you have in the north, very cold winters, very warm summers, days and night uh, excursion as well. So that really plays a lot. And of course, the terroir itself, the, the, the soil on which it grows. Well, and then, you know, so you, you've basically also kind of said uh, there's a major difference uh, on, on what it is from tequila and mezcal. But for those wondering about the taste, because, you know, tequila, everyone kind of knows what a tequila tastes like. Mezcal is a little on the smokier side. But what about the sotal? What, how does it play against those two that might be more common for, for yes. folks? I will say Sotol is a very unique uh, experience. Uh, when you taste it, it, it really is something you haven't quite tasted before. And it's a whole flavor journey, you know, on the tongue is quite different than when it hits the palate and then when it hits your chest. Uh, it's very smooth, I will say that. Uh, it is somewhere in between tequila and mezcal. It's not as complex and smoky as mezcal, uh, but it is uh, much more aromatic than tequila with a very signature uh, uh, vegetal, floral uh, flavor profile. Uh, that, to me, that's why sometimes I refer to it as the gin of the agave world. Uh, that's something I like to say, because these botanical elements and the nature of how it gets mixed in cocktails, it, it gets mixed a lot in sort of uh, uh, gin, uh, known gin cocktails like uh, martinis and negronis and and this sort of, uh, it pairs very well with other liqueurs and, and, and floral elements. Uh, so, and, and again, that is the general profile of Sotol. Then the terroir of, the, of, the, of Sotol actually plays a huge role, even more so than in other spirits, I would say. So for example, right now we have on the market two varieties from Desierto and from Sierra, which is the, the forest of the mountains. Desierto, you, I don't know if you had the chance to try it, little drier, got sweet cocoa notes on the, on the, on the palate, uh, some minerality, some hints of cooked uh, piña smoke. I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's, you know, they're, you... they're both, both very different, uh, for, from they're each both other. Very different. That, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> same plants, same process, just different terroir. You know, the Sierra is much more earthy and herbal and wet forest, mm -hmm. uh, uh, vibe. But yeah, because so, uh, when, when it's just sitting here, you get a lot of those floral, those kind of grassy, I don't know, like, I, well, it doesn't hurt that I'm standing in front of all my wife's plants, but that's not what I'm smelling when I had opened these. It's very, you know, uh, like you said, it does have a little bit of that gin feeling in the sense of the botanicals and, and, and that kind of hmm. realm that it's living in. But the La Sierra is vastly different than the Deserto. That, that was that is amazing. And it goes to show you how, uh, climates and, and just, you know, wh where things are grown can change. And I guess that's the, and so you just have those two, two products at the moment. Uh, yes, we actually, right now we have those two, uh, and we are working on a third variety. That's going to be the Pradera. Uh, so that's another thing I was, uh, looking at when I was just, just now in Mexico. Uh, so we're going to have three in 2023, hopefully more down the line. The idea is to, the more we explore, the more, uh, we discover the, the, the more we share with the world, you know, really this has been, and I think it's something that hopefully can be transcended when you drink the product, but has really been a, a project of passion of discovery of adventure. You know, we, we were, we are, we went to Mexico, we still are going you know, venturing in all these remote places, learning, discovering, meeting people, you know, it's not one of those, uh, uh, it's not an easy thing because Sotol is not a known category. So it's not easy to implement a brand. And really it's, it's been a whole beautiful adventure uh, uh, to, 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 to create this. And, and I want to continue the adventure and have more varieties. But no, but I, I love the the story behind this brand and what you were able to do, you know, combining music and drinks. And like I always say, you know, drinks bring people together. Music brings people together. It's a perfect combination, I, I think. And and you also get to promote and save um, possibly a little bit of history with a music genre and and a, a, a liquor that might have gone by the wayside to so many. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that story with us. No, of course. No, I appreciate you uh, letting me uh, t t recount it and having me on your 
on your show. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hops Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our conversation, there are two, or I guess half now, of the of the group, the Runaway Grooms. Please welcome in guitarist, vocalist, Adam Tobin. What's up? Cheers. And bassist, vocalist, Zach Gillum. Cheers, how we doing? I'm good. How, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing great, man. We're, uh, yeah, we're expecting some snow. Yeah. Out here in Colorado tonight, so we're we just moved the van um, out of my lot because we inevitably it was probably going to get stuck. So feeling we we got some peace of mind now. Yeah, we got some peace of mind. <clears throat> Our Touareg's a two wheel drive van up in the mountains with a lot of snow does not do well. So we went ahead and parked it on the street, <laughs> you know, and try to try to prep for it. Hopefully, it doesn't get hit by a plow truck or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed. Uh, we, we we don't have any snow in in Kentucky yet. Well, I mean, we've had like a dusting, but that that that's been about it. And it's I'm okay with it only because people here don't know how to drive in the snow. Sure. Oh yeah. Everybody stays in, and <laughs> I, I'm actually from Tennessee originally, so you you know the grocery stores like the bread and the milk just all disappear. Uh, like it's it's <laughs> never going to be around again. Which, you know, because that lasts super long in the cold, right? You know, for days and days and days. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. It, it's, I'm sure it's the same thing happened in Kentucky, I'm sure. Oh, gosh. And it's like, it's only an inch, people. It's not even like a real <laughs> storm. The road will be clear tomorrow, I guarantee it. <laughs> it's the end yeah. of the world. You know, yeah. it. it it, it is. It, it is wild. Now, I know what I enjoy if it's going to be a good snow day and I might be stuck inside. It might be a beer, maybe a little bourbon. Because you guys are from Colorado, or you're based in Colorado, I went with a little Breckenridge High Proof blend tonight, a little whiskey. Uh, what, are you, what are you guys drinking? Yeah, that sounds great. So we're we're actually drinking. I, I picked these up. I just found them at our local liquor store. It's Tiny Bomb, uh, Wiseacre. Which is actually um, a Memphis-based beer, um, so I was. It was awesome to see them in our local liquor store. We're way up in the mountains, so uh, Memphis is actually my hometown. So uh, born and raised. So I saw I saw the Tiny Bomb in there. I was like, I, I got to pick up some of those. Buy a thousand of them. <laughs> I was gonna say, so are you guys mainly just beer drinkers, or do you dabble in anything else? Well, they, my nickname in the band is the Whiskey Wanderer. So mm. I, I like whiskey. I wonder what it is you like. <laughs> I also like, like to wander, and when I drink whiskey, I like to wander even more. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like I like like a bird. Yeah, I like all sorts of whiskeys. I'm not a huge Scotch guy quite yet. I can't call myself that. Mm. but um no i'm not i i can't do scotch it's too earthy mm -mm. yeah 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 it's a lot very smoky i would i would say like it, um in terms of liquor i you know i got a couple years ago i kind of got turned on to gin um mm -hmm. and just really really enjoy you know a good gin and tonic or or whatnot and there's a um, there's a there's a little town out here called Salida, uh, Salida, Colorado, and there's a, a gin uh, distillery that's uh, mm. it's called Woods Woods Gin, and it is it is the smoothest tasting gin you'll you'll ever taste. Um, highly recommend if you're able to. I saw the Breckenridge bottle you just held up. We uh, we ha also have that Breckenridge gin upstairs as well. I was thinking about thinking about it uh, for, for the podcast, and then I said, "Yeah, I'll I'll stick to Tiny Bomb." <laughs> you can have a few more of those tonight than than you can with a, a nice strong gin, gin drink. Now, now I know when we were kind of talking beforehand, you you know you asked me uh, one of the hardest questions I think you can ask anyone that does something like this. Like, <laughs> if you could only drink one thing. What would it be, you know, especially beer? And I, I had to think like probably a Miller or a Coors just because 
if I'm going to do this every day, it better be something I can enjoy every day. Yeah. Now, is that something like, are you guys more on the light beer, IPA, craft, craft, barrel aged, you know, little, little bourbon barrel, you know, bourbon barrel ale? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like to really mix it up all the time. I feel like I'm always moving from different beers. Sometimes it's seasonal. Um, but I really do. I, I grew up in New England and like the hazy beers up there and like the hay toppers of Vermont and, you know, the people that have kind of came out of that same area after Hetty Topper just make some incredible, you know, strong IPAs and, and hazies. And um, even in Maine, they have a bunch of different, there's these beers called, uh, it's a lunch beer. You can also get a dinner beer. And they're just these like really just like deep flavorful IPA beers. But I'm also really into um, really into Belgian beers. And you you have like the triples and the doubles and uh, the hefts. I just love, mm. I think they, they, they make such a clarified full tasting beer um, that you can really just like sip on and enjoy. And it doesn't pack that sort of like fruity punch that a hazy does. And um, sometimes it's a little more enjoyable to sip on long term. So I go I all say over the place. A little more approachable. Well, maybe not. A, I was going to say not. maybe not approachable always because some of those are a little stronger, but they're just smooth, smooth, and, smooth. And, and good. And, you know, some 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 of those other ones, you get a little too much fruit in there. You might only have one. <laughs> and that, right. That might be right. <laughs> And it'd be great. It'd be a blast, yeah. blast of flavor. But, but then winter comes around, and it's like I want just something dark, just like deep and heavy and yeah. big, like a big head on it. And well, yeah. well, then you have my wife who does that, but has figured out how to enjoy a coffee blonde. Like the uh. that's like now her like favorite thing is like a coffee blonde, and it's like this is a this is like the wrong wrong combination, but it works so well. Yeah, coffee blonde. I, I think I may have had a coffee blonde at some point, but I don't really remember. It's just a lighter, like lighter, but coffee flavored. To... Yep, blonde. Imagine a blonde ale, but you know, coffee roasted. You know, kind of. Wow. You know, so if if you're looking for a little in between, that could that could be it. Yeah. Now, wow. you, yep. I, I, you know, I, I've seen you guys enjoy some drinks on on your or at least have a drink with you on your on your socials i also saw something pretty interesting a couple weeks ago that i don't think i could do how cold was it taking that river plunge (laughs) oh yeah uh oh man um extremely cold extremely cold we we were we're actually at some hot springs in uh buena vista colorado we're in the hot springs hanging out relaxing uh played a show the night before and we had a day off so we decided to stick around and um, just hanging out in the hot springs. And, and uh, it, it came to our attention that there was a, a cold plunge into the river uh, on the other side of the hot springs. So it's like my favorite part of it. Oh, man. It's it's um, <laughs> I'm kind of a freak, though. I, I don't know. I like that stuff. It, it's awesome, man. I, I It's kind of like that all year long. Like yeah. that was pretty cold. There was snow on the ground. Um and we just got out of the hot springs. So that one was pretty cold. I went numb immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was awesome. But like all year round, in the summertime and whatnot, the rivers are so cold. Um, you know, you get in there, work on your breath, and it, it becomes this like meditative uh, experience, you know. And, and it's actually very rejuvenating. Um, it's, you know, if you can get past the mind, if you can get past the mind, your body will survive, you know, for, right? so, long. for so long, you know, and it's not like we're staying in there for hours, <laughs> but, you know, a couple of minutes, your body will be, will be fine. Yeah, um, it is. And man, yeah, it, it sure wakes you up, but it, it gives you this energy that I don't, I haven't found anything else that can replicate that. Like, it's very special. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just love how that was. Yeah, my day off. We're just going to take yeah. a plunge in the cold <laughs> after warming ourselves up in the hot springs. <laughs> yeah. Like well, you that, said, nothing, that's nothing like a grace, right? you know, That's the saving grace. We can jump in the river and then 
Yeah. Just, just hightail it straight to the hot spring and be all right. It's supposed to be good for your muscles, too, like to go from really hot and then to really cold. I mean, especially if you're working out, um, it's supposed to help just like, I don't know exactly the science behind it, but contract and then expand, contract, expand. Well, and, you know, as many shows as you guys are doing, you got to stay in tip-top shape. Yeah, it's true. It, I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> you can let yourself go pretty quick. I definitely get got a bit of a beer belly after this, like, <laughs> last year. Because uh, that's the thing is, like, when you're out, when you're playing, I, I like to have a little bit of whiskey here and there, but, like, you can't really get that drunk if you're going to be performing. So it's easy to have a couple beers and right. But they do add up after a while. It's true. Especially if we're going the craft route, those, those bad boys pack a punch. Now I know, you know, we mentioned that you guys are, are based in, in Colorado. How did y'all end up in Colorado? Cause like you said, Memphis, New England, you know, and I know there's a couple other guys in the group group as well. How did you all end up in Colorado? Yeah. I first went out, to visit Justin, who's our drummer. I've known Justin since we were, um, I think I was literally three years old. My mom just reminded me that the other day. I've known Justin when I was three. So you guys grew up a same road. Yeah. We grew up across the street, um, in, in Northboro mass and Massachusetts. And, um, and, uh, so we, like we grew up snowboarding. We are all learned. We learned to snowboard on a hill called Ward Hill is this tiny little hill in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. And it was pretty much like our daycare, like that our moms would drop us off after school, just go to Ward Hill and, and like take snowboard lessons. And um, so he moved out here in probably eight years ago. Eight, yeah, I think eight years. And I, I just came out to visit after I had graduated college and I just had so much fun with him again and decided that it would be a, a, such a blast to kind of recreate a new chapter with him in my life. Not really thinking about music at all, just kind of let's start a new adventure and learn something new. And we started picking up music again and making joke songs and having fun. And uh, slowly it evolved. We started accumulating new members. Yeah, which is where I came in. Uh... I moved out in 2019. Um, I was living in Nashville. I've been in Nashville for about seven years or so. And, um, you, you know, I just, I was going from like band to band and, you know, it, it was um, such, Nashville such a beautiful place and so amazing and very unique. And every time we tour back, like I just, it's my, my favorite stop. Um, absolutely love it. But, you know, it got to the point where I was just like, I wanted a change of scenery um, and kind of wanted to short, sort of shift from like doing the band thing to just more like, well, well, why don't I just create songs and then hire people out to do this? you know, versus like having a full band. And there's so many challenges that come with that. And so I said, well, I'm going to go up to Colorado for the winter, uh, go up to the mountains and do some songwriting, just kind of lock myself in and write as many songs as I can for winter. Um, I got up here and found out it's hella expensive. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I think I might, I need to pick up some work. Um, I got to get a job. So I was like, well, I might as well play music. So, uh, yeah, I started going out to the venues and the bars to just kind of like meet people and network. And I I met these guys uh, one night. And, yeah, I mean, kind of the rest is history uh, from there. I, I was not a bass player um, prior to meeting these guys. Um, I played guitar and sang and kind of like did did that whole thing. And um, when they were playing, it was just a three piece. They had two guitars and a drummer and a bass sitting on stage. And I was like, oh man, you know, I could play the root. I could play the roots for you guys. You know, like they were like, oh man, we could use someone on the bass. Yeah. So I, I just kind of like started like. I had no idea what I was doing. 
Um, picked it up quick, but I, but I picked it up quick, and and now I mean, now it by far it's my main instrument, and I I play the bass quite a bit more than I play guitars now, but um, uh, yeah, just weaved weave that way, and so and in in the meantime, like in the during that winter, Corona hit, you know, so I I was faced with this option. Let's go back to Nashville. I still have my house in Nashville. So let's go back to Nashville, which is an entirely, primarily uh, entertainment-based economy. Um, or I could stay up in the mountains where it's, you know, the culture is about being outdoors and outside, which is socially distant, you know, like if, if we bring ourselves back to that time, you know, no one knew what was going to happen it was just like so such a crazy time and i just like kept imagining this like end of the world like no more grocery stores like oh i can fish out here i can hunt and <laughs> you know my mind was all over the place but uh yeah that, that's how i got here well and and like i said you, there's there's a couple in the in the group but you've You've kind of grown. You've lost a lost one, and, and so forth. So, how did the band kind of form over the time, and and where does it sit today? Yeah, the band started with Justin and I, and just playing some some mild songs on acoustic. I mean, he was playing on a cajon drum, and I just had an acoustic guitar. And this is back in 2017, and I met Zach Selak, who was formerly with the Runaway Grooms as the other guitarist. Um, and literally was walking around employee housing on Beaver Creek one night, knocking on doors wherever I heard music. And Zach C, I heard a sound coming down the hallway and Zach, it happened to be Zach C and he was playing his lap steel guitar. And um, I was like, that sounds so crazy. I don't even know, like, I don't even know what instrument that is. And I knocked on his door. He thought I was an angry neighbor or something. And, we ended up, yeah, we ended up jamming that night, and I was like, "Well, I think you might be like the missing link that I've been looking for, for for some of my music, because everyone I had played with back home had joined other bands, and it was kind of like, well, I gotta, you know, maybe it's time to move on." So finding him was was really the crux, I think, and it turned into, "Well, we can get a gig at this brewery. Okay, let's learn these." 12 songs and go do that and it just turned into such a fun time because people are into that out here you know they, they're just into going out yeah kind of getting party and scene a little bit and yeah so it and then i was like well i have all these original songs and zach was like holy well okay like why didn't you tell me that earlier let's play all these let's write it then so we like arranged an album and uh moved into a house together in Leadville, which is like 10, it, I don't know if you know Leadville, but it's technically, I heard it's the second highest in I heard it's the town. second. Yeah. All Everyone always told me it's the first. Yeah. 10, it's 10,000. So on the mountaintop. It's oh, literally yeah. 10,200 feet above sea level. And, but it's like one of the cheaper, cheaper places to live. So we were able to go live in this house and put an album together um in the living room and uh but anyways if at one point felt like we we were going we were going like this for a while and then at, at one point it started feeling like that and we we're like well we need bass we're starting to get more experimental so let's get some keys and cody and zach happened to kind of come into place like within the same, the same couple weeks and yeah it just it just went from there. It just, I mean, the music changed, but we were always open to it right. changing and, and just kind of seeing, seeing where it goes and seeing where the song goes. And that's what the grooms are now. It's very, I think it's a very eclectic mix because everyone does come from different backgrounds. And I think that comes out in some of our music too. Um, you hear a bunch of different styles come through. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I think you guys uh, coined it as Jam plus Americano as Jamaicanan. Is that, yeah. <laughs> am I saying that even close? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's our favorite sport. Yeah. 
yeah, it was kind of like we, we kind of like came through that term is like what's interesting out in Colorado, the jam scene is huge. Uh, jam bands, you know, people just live for jam bands and it's not just Colorado. It's, it, it's the country, but I mean the Northeast specifically and Colorado are just like big jam scenes. Um, and, and we dive into that. We, we, a lot of our music does, you know, kind of move into that, but you know, one thing we feel as if we're, bringing to the table that isn't brought to the table a lot in the jam scene is the um, songwriting roots in like a folk background, country background, you know, um, songwriting roots within that. So it's not just like this crazy 15 minute jam or, or anything like that. There's more of a storytelling aspect behind um, and, and structure behind the songs that, you know, we're writing that, that we feel that way. But there's also, we, we feel like, or at least myself anyways, I feel like we've created space for instrumental conversation. And what I'm calling instrumental conversation, uh, people in the jam world really connect with and call a jam, you know. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, I mean, in, to 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 me, I mean, if you think about it, like you know, Americana traces its roots back to kind of Irish folk music, which is a lot of that. I mean, of of that instrumental storytelling. So it's just a new new way uh, to to kind of tell that. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, and I, I've also been th- we've especially with the new music that we're releasing too. Is it, it kind of has a lot of a uh, um of roots rock um vibe uh mm-hmm. i would say i mean I, I almost a lot of it even leans towards like southern rock because there's like slide guitar going on hammond organ uh you know a lot of that of what like the almond brothers brought to the table you know that sort of that sort of vibe um so yeah i mean in like like adam was saying like between all our backgrounds we're, we're bringing so much inspiration and like um, influences to the table from, I mean, jazz to freaking yeah. hip hop. I mean, we listen to everything, honestly. Good music is good music, is, is what I like to say. Well, that's what I was talking about that with someone recently. It was actually the, yeah, someone who was helping us out with our bio, but it, I was talking about how, like, if you're listening to music and at this point, in our generation, you have so much to listen to. There's, mm. there's been so much good music that's been put out there. So if you're if you're listening to it and you're in tune to it, it's hard not to be somewhat um, influenced by just a myriad of genres. I mean, including yeah. pop music. Um, and we've grown up on pop music since we were probably in the womb, you know, in the womb, sure. and it's always on the radio. But then you get into some of these more niche projects like the Grateful Dead or like um, I know Cody on keys is really into like Modesky, Martin and Wood. Um, and it's just hard not to pull from so many different areas. And then when you start writing a song to, to kind of give the freedom to let that song go where it needs to go and Sometimes it, it you end up with a 13, in, 13 minute instrumental, and sometimes it turns into a, a folk pop song or something, you know? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think that's the beauty of, of, of even the albums that you, you guys have put out. There's a, a little bit of, of everything in, in that spectrum that you guys, guys play in. But, but even before that, Runaway Grooms, how did you come up with the name? <laughs> that's I, that's this guy man yeah it's like when you're sitting around with your friends and you just kind of kind of stoned and you think oh this would be a funny band name and that's kind of honestly how the runaway grooms came about i mean i didn't think it i didn't really really never thought it was going to be my band I, it was a while ago i thought no that'd be kind of funny if it was like a female lead vocalist playing with the runaway grooms 
and like kind of like Mariah Carey and the Runaway Grooms. And the Runaway Groom, it was, I just created kind of this like concept of tattered suits and they could play with anybody. Like, oh, it's Sam Bush is playing with the Runaway Grooms or yeah. whatever. And nice. yeah, and uh, we needed a band name one night at one of these gigs. And I said, well, I've, always, I've had this one in my back pocket. And <laughs> there it is. You know, we also we also uh, we also like to make up funny stories um, for the band name as well because it's such an opportunity. Um, and of course, we get the que- we get that we get that question every time, all the time. All the time. So a lot of times between the band, we we make it a a, 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 a joke bet- amongst ourselves who can tell the most outrageous. Uh, story of how the band name came to me yeah. and so uh, luckily for for uh for you and uh, our listeners today you get uh, the real story you, you get the real story there's other stories too <laughs> with it but we're not close that today. <laughs> hey it, i love hearing how some some folks get get their names uh, you know i i uh the country band everett you know they're, they're they named themselves after oh brother rart thou but yeah. before that, they literally couldn't figure out anything, and they were in the studio going as I think the Butthole Truckers, yeah, <laughs> just <'cause> they couldn't <laughs> think of anything. And they taking like two other band names and just kind of you know blended them together because they didn't have anything, and that almost uh, took. And then they're like, yeah, it might not work. <laughs> it's it's so, tough actually. I, you I never mean, know. I that, like when you, I mean, if you're looking for a band name now, I mean they're out there, but you have to get really creative and. You know, you'll realize like you think that you think you have this because we I mean, we actually spoke about, you know, as we started getting like momentum and stuff like none, none of us initially were very attached to this name, mm-hmm. you know, as it just kind of kind of came from what Adam said. Yeah. And so, you know, for there was a while there we were like considering rebranding and like, you know, look, searching for a different name. And I mean, the majority of what you you think you come up with this brilliant idea for a name and then you find out there's already three bands named that, you know, thanks to the, to the internet, you can find like, you, you know, all this and, and it, and it, and it just kind of stuck, you know? Um, so here we are on the run. Well, and like you said, you're allowed to, to have some fun with, with folks and, and give them a good story on who ran away and uh, right. or or you go to you can say two out of four of us ran away, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, now technically we all ran away because we're none of us are from Colorado. There you go. And whether or not that we were, whether or not we were running from something or towards something, it's up to interpretation. But uh, the only rule is now you can't get married or else you just you can't You're be out. in the band. or you'll have to find a new name and that that, as we as we've just said that could be be tough now yeah i know uh, looking back to when you guys released that your first album because you're you're coming up on your third one talk about tough timing it was literally right before pretty much the world shut down how how you know did that impact everything for y'all yeah, was, I mean, considering, considering like the like the what you try to do is you yeah, come out with a new album and then you tour it, and it, it was our it being our first album, which really it was really just the original three members who 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 re- recorded it and were involved with that project, um, so it wasn't it wasn't too against the, you know, against tradition for it not to be like something that we, like the fact that we didn't go out and tour as a five piece wasn't the biggest deal because I don't think that was, it honestly wasn't the original dream of the band. I mean, I, I, we never really thought it would get, it just wasn't in our purview of what we wanted to do. We want, we knew we wanted to get that album out, because we love the songs. And then from there, it was just like, well, now what? We got these two new members. <laughs> it was almost good timing because 
we, it was good for us to go back to the drawing board. Sure. With yeah. this new sound. I mean, yeah. It, and I came into the picture prior to the album being released. The album was pretty much already recorded by the time I got into the picture. But there was there was no release strategy or tour intentions or anything out I mean outside of Colorado which is what we we're already doing you know we we're hitting all the ski towns playing in the breweries and stuff like that and um yeah it was just like you know th these guys made some music because they love to fucking make music and and it was I, like a baby for it was like a little baby of mine I just it was like yeah. a dream album little baby songs I had been sitting on for maybe six years sure yeah. And then it like came to light. Yeah. Incredibly. It, 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 through the pandemic, um, we, we kind of like started gathering, okay, like what is it we're trying to do with this project? Let's set some goals, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, the album, the album for what it was not being on a label independently, uh, produced and, and put out there did really well. And, um, I I I was the only one coming into the band who had previously been doing a bunch of touring. It was something I was interested in, and everybody kind of like connected on that as well. It gave us some time to know those songs a bit more, write some more material as a five piece, which evolved into our second album. Um, we pretty much wrote all of that during the pandemic stuff when we couldn't couldn't play shows. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was quite interesting. It, uh, like the pandemic literally, I think that came out like, it came out, in it March. came out like March 1st or something like that. And the pandemic was like March 10th. I, I, something ridiculous something like that like within that. a week or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's pretty wild, man. Pretty, pretty wild, but kind of that, that it was a forced it was like, you can no longer play shows. It's not up to you. You're not going to play and, unless you're playing from a cell phone or a computer at your house. Um, and, you know, that kind of like, it it allowed for us to grow a lot, um, especially as a five piece with two new members. Um, it, it was actually pretty opportunistic for us, I would say. Absolutely. Well, and, and I was going to ask, I mean, how, how, how has everything changed for you? Cause now the third album, um, this road is, is set to come out in February, 2023. So how, you know, how have things changed then? Obviously I know you became a five piece. I think you're back down to kind of a, a four piece at, at the moment. So, I mean, and the sound even changed a little, well, not maybe not a little bit, but you guys kind of found your sound. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's the library. It's, uh, it, the, the whole scheme of it has shifted for sure as to, um, preparing for tours and, and kind of re-strategizing around playing for bigger audiences and, um, being a band that can kind of provide a, can really put on a show that's, um, like sort of a unified a thought and like a, a hopefully a finished sentence where um yeah we we've gone from folk rock to um being able to string together like three songs with instrumental jams in between and really be able to be a bit more experimental with our sound and um it's just become honestly a lot of fun because it, you what you have in mind is you want to put on a good show and you want to take people somewhere and tell a story and so it's just really helped us grow as musicians and i see us now in band practice and it's like it, it things just feel more streamlined and we're i feel like we communicate clearer and better and um we're just we're learning all the time how to do that the right way and but we're you know learning how to listen to each other in and outside the band room and have bonded so much on the road i mean we've been through a lot and just like last spring we lost two transmissions and we're stuck in the middle of florida 
and it's it's like moments like that that just bring you closer and um so yeah it's been i think it's become a, a bit more cohesive in some ways yeah yeah i mean keep it short uh it, in in the best sense possible it's morphed into like more of a professional uh or ordeal uh We've got merch guys, roadie, video stuff going, agent, publicist, you know, like it's become, it's become this train, um, that we're all happy to be on, on board with, but you know, it, we, it, it challenges our creativity and like, you know, especially with us is like, you're not going to get the same set every night, um, you know, from city to city. We're gonna mix it up, and that's that's for uh, that's for us. Like mostly, you know, mostly is just like it's for the viewer. But you, you you know, to be interesting and to not be, you know, the same thing over and over regurgitated. You know, we, we're trying to create a, a, a special, memorable, unique moment and show, and and that's like advanced. And you know, I would say, like backing that to like um you know we when i first joined the band you know we were in the breweries uh local breweries here and it was the coolest thing ever uh it was so cool all our homies and it's just like a mountain mountain ski vibe you know and and everybody skis all day and then you party hard at night and and it was just like the coolest uh family and experience and like yeah. now we're we've kind of like taken what we were getting from that and like spreading that across the country so you know we're having those experiences in boston and vermont and california and like whatever and it, we're like building all these like families across the country and it's really really cool yeah i was gonna say i mean you guys enjoy the road because I think last year you played almost a hundred shows and this year you were well over 120 or more. Yeah. So what is yeah. it about the road that you just love? <laughs> yeah. What I mean, hence, hence, uh, hence the, our new album name, this road. I mean, uh, we couldn't help but draw inspiration from literally, you know, everything that's going on. There's so much on the road, so much growth in bonding and, um, I mean, ups and downs, and there's so much, there, there's so many stories to tell from this road. And so like, that's what this third album really is, is about. And, you know, I mean, you know, Adam mentioned we lost, man, we lost two transmissions and like, in 10 days, within like 10 days, we got it. Long story short, uh, transmission dropped in, uh, Miami, we three grand cash, got it, brought it up to Georgia, played two shows. Within 48 hours, it broke down again in Alabama somewhere, in Birmingham, Alabama. And, you know, it was just a shit show. But, you know, there's so many of those. But then there's like, you know, Floyd Fest or Summer Camp where we're playing to thousands of people. And it's just such this high and or sold out shows. And, you know, it's just like, connecting with the audience and and doing that through something that we created that's an original thing uh concept is just like you can you just can't replicate that it's it's very special so that's what that's what this album is about is is being on the road Well, and, you know, you also took an interesting approach. I, I think I read where, you know, it's not the typical studio produced album where you kind of do the click tracks and things like that. You wanted right. this one to have a real live feel like it, it would be at your show. Sure. Yeah. We, exactly. I mean, we saw that with the last out Violet Lane we recorded. Yeah. I, I think we maybe did all the tracks to a click. Yeah. Um. But But we did realize like final product, like we were kind of like, man, this isn't quite the, this isn't quite the energy or the vibe of what it is live. 
and we knew we we really knew that and felt that after that last album mm-hmm. and we've been recording our live shows and we went into the studio in uh, Memphis Tennessee uh, for this album and we you know we like the organic push and pull of the tempo and not being you know perfect uh, but more like capturing it the emotion that we're trying to share and sometimes with that is not a cookie cutter tempo um i concept you know i mean sometimes there you know these songs even jenny we just we just released jenny it it speeds up and then it slows down and it it, it's kind of like it's breathing and like it's living you know and we wanted to capture that with this album, and and so we recorded it live. Um, we did some dub overs, for example. Uh, Cody, Cody would play upright piano, but also like the Hammond B three. But like in the studio, you can't rec- you do you can't record them both at the same time, uh, just because they'll like bleed into each other. So like he'll he, you know he would lay down the B three and then go back and put the piano on it. But but the the core of all that music was recorded live, um, yeah. Well, there's like an energy too when you're playing all together that we are so used to that you once you take a couple members away, you're like, well, I I don't even realize it, but I'm, I usually feed off of that person a lot totally. or whatever it is. So it definitely helps to have us all plugged in at once and just getting after the song. It's what we it's what we're used to. So. Well, and, and you mentioned that for that first single, Jenny, and, and for you, Adam, you kind of wrote the lyrics as a as a letter to, you know, your your grandmother to your mom, and I think even uh, Cody had it, kind of got the melody from, you know, after his grandfather passed. That song, I feel like, has a lot of meaning to y'all. Yeah, it does. It's a it's got a lot of gravity to it, and it, it really it stems from where from Cody writing it and it's cool to see the product that comes out of that because you never know how it's, how it's going to turn out in its first inception. But, um, you know, I didn't know Cody had was kind of like influenced by maybe his grandpa being on his deathbed and the lyrics for me just started to come out where I started to sing somebody's name. Cause sometimes I'll just start singing lyrics before I know what, to say and Justin was like are you saying your mom's name are you saying Jenny and I was like I don't even think I was saying Jenny but now I want to be saying Jenny and then now why am I singing about my mom okay <laughs> um, uh, now I feel like I'm, I'm writing a letter to my mom but yeah I don't want to write the letter I want it to come from someone else so it just like turned into this really heavy thing um, and was the heaviness of it was even more exasperated because we it was the first track we were recording in the album where our transmission literally had just burnt out in Florida and we had to get a rental car up to Memphis because we were scheduled to record the album. So there was so much emotion going on. We knew Zach was going to be leaving us soon. Um, there was just like an incredible amount of heaviness and emotion going on. And I, I think it all just accumulated into into that song. Yeah, I mean, everything. And the whole album, really. Everything he said, and then and then uh, uh, Jeremy Horn, uh, who helped us produce this album, I feel like he really like brought a lot of that, helped us like hone in a lot of that and like shape it into what it came out to be. As well as like we're, we took these um, these songs we we had written, and with everything going on, transmission, Zach leaving, like you we're know, in the middle of a tour. In the middle of a tour, I mean, honestly, the transmission like bankrupted us, like because we, we had to get two of them twice. And so, like uh, <clears throat> Jeremy Horn just said, "Look, find a way to get up here to Memphis. Let's make a record. We'll figure." out whatever whatever has to happen and and really like i don't know for me personally like mentored us like through that we came we like came into the studio with all this heaviness of of 
everything we were living out, you know, and, um, he's such a positive influence, such a, such an amazing influence. And actually our, our, the next single off the album is called heart work. And it's literally about, it's, you know, working, working through, um, you know, especially on the, on the road, there's a lot of like, there needs mental, uh, health, you know, there's a lot of mental health stuff that goes up and down and push and pull and, you know, living out of a van with our crew, six, six people with our crew. And so it's like, um, Jeremy, Jeremy Horn brought that like concept of artwork, which we wrote that we, we wrote in the studio an hour before we recorded it. Um, and it just came from all the inspiration that was happening and right, right then and there. And so, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what we came out with. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a great album. I've got, got to listen to, to parts of it and it's, it's a lot of fun and it's something totally different. If you're thinking Americana, don't, don't go in there exactly with that mindset. Like I said, the Jim, 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 and, uh, or however you say it, it's, it's, it does not roll off the tongue for, <laughs> tongue for me. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the, the bourbon. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Americana. Yeah. But, yeah, but you know, as we kind of wrap up, the runawaygrooms.com, find them on social media too. You can see them taking some polar plunges, maybe having a good drink, having some fun. Mm-hmm. You know, the the album comes out in February. You're taking a little time off for the holidays as you kind of, you know, slow down after a long long time on the road to record this road. Yeah. What what can folks expect from you guys in 2023? Oh man, we have some good good stuff uh working up. Um we we we're not allowed to say just yet, but uh, we have some great festival shows coming up um, for spring and summer. Uh, that's coming through. Um, also, some 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 good headlining things that we're doing, but also we're we're jumping in as support uh, for some really great acts. Um, as of now, that's Colorado. Uh, and then West Coast stuff with them, uh, which should should come out probably the beginning of the year or so. Um, tour dates. The, tour dates and those announcements. Um, to finish out um, 2022, we have a show at 10 Mile Music Hall in Frisco, Colorado, uh, which will be our final show of the year. And then we kick off the new year with uh, Heartwork our next single off the album um, dropping January 6th. Um, so, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely be back on the road. Um, the whole country, um, essentially 2023. Yeah. The next album, maybe will be these like roads. Good... Maybe these roads. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it too. A good tease, you know, you gotta <laughs> want more. So you gotta go check, keep the social, Check the the website for when the, these tour dates come because you don't want to miss anything. I mean, it's it's like you guys are professionals. You you know exactly how to sell this. And, <laughs> you know, my, my my last question because I don't know if if you guys have been able to do this yet or not. I, I read somewhere where your goal, or if you could play in one place ever, it'd be Red Rocks. Have you gotten to do that yet? Not yet. Not not just yet. Uh, we we have is, played. Is it potentially in twenty twenty three on the bucket list? on the bucket it's on the bucket list uh it's on the bucket list i will say (laughs) i mean over the past two years we got to play some very iconic colorado venues ford amphitheater uh the nottingham park uh mishawaka amphitheater amazing um cervantes i mean all kind of amazing venues out here and red rocks is like that gold red rocks is that that one we're going to keep on like keeping on until we're there mm-hmm. and uh and it's not that far out of sight so uh yeah keep on the lookout for that one yeah we had a song that we we were driving so red rocks is in the town called morrison and 
We started to write a oh, song yeah. that I'd like to bring back. The sign said, High Winds to Morrison. And I feel like that's the ride we're on right now. It's it's High Winds to Morrison, but it's hopefully it's in the future. Yeah, we'll see. We'll keep we'll keep trying. That's for sure. I love it. I love it. I love it. And like I said, new album comes out in February, next single in January. And their debut single off that album, Jenny, is out now if you want to give a listen to it. Zach, Adam, this was a blast. And, and thanks for sharing a drink with me. Man, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you having us. Cheers, man. Cheers to everybody out there. Cheers, guys. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.